Bank of Ghana raises its policy benchmark rate and Mauritania will receive over 700,000 US dollars from the African Development Fund to develop livestock farming. From over 975 cities and 125 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. In this episode, we look at developing the second-hand clothing sector. Does it have the capacity to be a route to economic growth, enhance consumer welfare, and greater environmental sustainability? Professor Patrick Diamond from Queen Mary University of London returns for this episode. There are concerns that East Africa is being used as a dumping ground for clothing waste. Are these concerns unfounded? If you look at how the second-hand clothing is actually prepared and how it's sold onto the consumer, um, this is not the, these are not clothes that you would consider um, being dumped. Um, they are prepared in a way that they're very um, easily sold on to the consumer. They're attractively presented. Um, the clothes are, are, are repaired where necessary um, and cleaned and ironed so that they, they look almost new. Um, they're not clothes that anybody, I think, would reasonably consider um, dumping. Um, and of course, dumping occurs in, in many different countries. Um, and I think the key point I want to make here is that the responsibility for dumping lies ultimately with the producer. It's the producer of the clothing that has to take steps to ensure that dumping um, does not take place. If clothes are being dumped, then the producer has to be held um, responsible. But as I say, I think the key way to prevent dumping is to make sure that we have an efficiently organized secondhand clothing sector, which has global distribution chains um, through which clothes can move and which are well prepared, well um, presented to the consumer, uh, give the consumer choice and will be bought and sold in a way which means that they're frequently reused. I think also going back to the point I was making earlier on in the discussion, if we can develop these textile recycling processes, that, of course, is another way of preventing dumping, because rather than simply burying clothes or incinerating them, we can divert them into textile recycling processes, which mean that when those clothes reach the end of life, um, they can then be the materials can be used for new uh, textile production. That's another way of preventing dumping. So I think with these different technological processes um, and so on, this is going to also help with that specific problem. I just want to add one other final point, which is that I think the accusation around dumping is made to imply that secondhand clothing is somehow seen as um, a non, not an attractive choice um, for the consumer. And of course, that isn't the case at all anymore, not least because in many Western countries, um, secondhand clothing is becoming more and more fashionable. Consumers are more and more attracted to the idea of reusing clothing, partly because of the environmental impact, but sometimes because they would rather use secondhand brands that are high quality rather than buying cheap new clothing, which is actually not of very good quality. So I, I think that the, the kind of global fashion trend is moving in the direction of more use of secondhand clothes, more reuse of clothing. And this, of course, is, is important in the context of dumping, because as I say, dumping implies that secondhand clothing is somehow deficient, but it 
in many cases isn't, and it's increasingly something that consumers want to buy and sell. Um, so I think the whole argument around dumping and around the perception of secondhand clothing is changing. What are the benefits of establishing sorting centres in the region and what are the most viable locations to have sorting centres across East Africa? So sorting hubs really help with the story around job creation. Um, as we argue in the report, it is the case at the moment that most of the major sorting centres for secondhand clothing are not located in East Africa. So one of the largest sorting centres is located in Amman. And there are other sorting centres located, particularly in Eastern Europe, in countries such as Lithuania. Um, that's for historic reasons. The clothes tend to be sent there and then are sorted and prepared for transit into markets such as East Africa. Um, the argument we make in the report is that it would be preferable to have more of these sorting centres located in East African countries. The main reason being, of course, that this would create many more jobs. Uh, these sorting centres are employing, in some cases, upwards of 550 to 600 workers doing all sorts of jobs from moving clothes through warehouses, doing the actual sorting process itself, running the administration of the business, HR, finance, and so on. So these sorting centers are an enormous source of new job creation, not just in sorting roles, but in lots of other administrative and business roles as well. And so we argue if we had more of these sorting centers in East Africa, then this would also be beneficial in terms of job creation. For example, Nairobi in Kenya, which has obviously a very large um, secondhand clothing uh, market, uh, would be a place where you would naturally think a sorting centre would be likely to be uh, very beneficial because it would be supplying clothes into um, a marketplace where there is um, huge demand. Um, but we also argue in the report that there's potential for countries to work together. I think you would need several sorting centres located throughout the East Africa region. We're not prescriptive as to where exactly they should be, but um, there would be yeah, many opportunities for different countries to, to work together to locate sorting centres in places that would help to create jobs in those specific areas, uh, also create jobs in other countries as well. Um, I mean, obviously, these centres need to be attached to uh, efficient transportation routes because most of the secondhand clothing is moved uh, by by sea, so you need to have uh, transportation routes that enable that. But, um, yeah, we would like to see a number of these centres located throughout the East Africa region, which would be good for the East African community and good for job creation. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Libya's oil production in June averaged 1.15 million barrels per day and changed from the previous month. The National Oil Corporation is active in bringing mothballed assets back into production to increase output, but recently downside threats to output have looked more significant than upside potential. And a quick trip around Africa, the Bank of Ghana raised its benchmark policy rate by 50 basis points to 30% during its July 2023 meeting, surpassing market forecasts of 29.5%, bringing borrowing costs to the highest level since records began in 2000, amid indications of rising inflation. The Ghana annual inflation rate inched up for the second consecutive month to 42.5% in June of 2023, from 42.2% in the prior month, and well above the central bank's target band of 6% to 10%. 
In Kenya, the country stands to lose 2.9 billion Kenya shillings from the manufacturing sector every day if the ongoing protests against the high cost of living persist. The sector contributes at least 1 trillion shillings to the economy every year, according to the latest economic survey by the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics. Kenya Association of Manufacturers says the chaos witnessed in the past protests led by the opposition coalition Azimio Laumoja has disrupted the supply chain, hurting the core business of manufacturing. Factories. The lobbyist chairman Rajan Shah told journalists that the impact goes beyond the economy as lives have been lost, injuries recorded, and livelihoods cut. He appealed for a political consensus between the government and the opposition, adding that the chaos witnessed is eroding the fertile investment climate. Mauritania will receive over 700,000 US dollars from the African Development Fund, the Africa Development Bank Group's concessional financing window to develop livestock farming ranked the second largest source of livelihood in the country. Mauritanian Minister of Economy and Sustainable Development Abdesalam Oud Mohamed Saleh and the Bank Group's Deputy Director General for North Africa Melina Bloomberg signed a funding agreement in Nukshot. The agreement paves the way for Mauritanian government to implement its inclusive livestock sector development project to develop the agropastoral resources available in the northeastern part of Hood Shagoe region. It will help solve the multidimensional problems and constraints to the agropastoral sector and create opportunities for more structural projects and programs related to livestock farming. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions, or just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial and you can find me at With Adon.